You know, um, this uh, this week, or last week, we uh, had a film uh, for the Heritage Film uh, Series uh, called Church House. And, you know, it generated a lot of conversation and that sort of thing. But religion always does, especially on talk radio. And one of the things that um, I'm not big on, you know, I always say I ain't got time for Leviticus. And the reason why I say that, not disrespecting people's faith or their church, but this is a secular program. And everybody is not a Bible thumper. Everybody is not Christian. Everyone is not a believer. And so I try to respect, respect that, which is something that I learned in the Catholic Church. Never was told Catholicism was better than this one or, you know, and they actually taught us about different theologies. But there are some people that will say the Catholic Church is a cult. Well, we're going to talk to someone who lived a nightmare within the Christian church, and he's going to tell us all about it. He's actually from Gary, Indiana, and was born to a Baptist family where every Sunday was spent in church. He's an educated father of three, lived on both sides of the tracks where addiction and homelessness became a part of his story. Today he's in the business of saving lives, and as soon as I saw the addiction part, I'm like, me too. I, that, that's the Me Too movement I, I belong to. Me too. Let's could, and we'll welcome our guest, Dennis Lyles, who is the author of this wonderful book, The Son of Righteousness, A Bad Church Story. Dennis, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing very well, Perry. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm just so surprised that you got so much background on me. I'm, I'm really flattered. Thank well, you. well I, I, listen, I, I was very interested in this. Tell me why you wrote this book, Dennis. Well, the purpose of this book uh, was to share with people about controlling churches, uh, to let them know that churches do exist that are controlling. I call them cults. And to uh, let people know how an ordinary person, who I consider was ordinary, I was raised in a, in a middle-class family, and it's to show how a, a regular person could get caught up into a controlling type of ministry or a cult. And also the purpose of the book is to warn people so that they can be aware of certain signs and red flags so that they can either recognize they're involved with a cult or to even be, be aware that they might be able to avoid cults. What is a controlling church? You use that term a couple of times. What does that mean? Well, a controlling church is a church where the leaders uh, dictate to the members how they are to live on a day-to-day basis. They could include uh, how they uh, deal in relationships, who they have relationships with. It can also entail uh, how they uh, spend their money. Uh, Just... uh, to control people's personal lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a cult uh, converts people and it uh, creates people to become dependent on other people making decisions for them. That's a great w- way to put it, put it there, like parenting a child. Yeah, parenting a child, but usually a cult, uh, They, the leaders of the cult usually have some type of motive behind it. Uh, they might be trying to achieve some type of agenda 
or oh, uh, like having the, sex with young girls, or you know, justifying having sex with minors, or you know, justifying yeah. drug use, or anything. It, yes, it could be a number of things. It it all depends on what the uh, person who is in leadership, what their motives are. And a lot of times we as people, uh, we tend to want to gravitate to be a part of a family or yes. something bigger. And a lot of times people who are, uh, are who have a pure heart, they want to please God. So they're looking at a, a source of which they can connect with in order to become a part of something and to uh, maybe become a part of something greater and, and achieve something bigger than what they're doing in their life at that time. So let's talk about you, Dennis. Yep. Tell me what happened. What was going on in Dennis's Lyle's life? Ooh, that, you're getting really personal. Dennis. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm nosy as hell. Um, okay. What was going on in Dennis's life when you, before you look to be, belong to something, be a part of, of this congregation or, or whatever it was, um, mm-hmm. what, what was your life before you said, I think I'm going to be a part of this? Well, I grew up in the Baptist Church, uh, Van Buren Baptist Church in Gary, Indiana. Kudos to them. Uh, and I knew of God at a young age, and I had a, a different relationship. I, I prayed to God. I, I believed that God was real. But as I grew up in the church, um, you know, my relationship was only kind of limited. But um, I think one of the things when I look back at my childhood, I had a desire to want to uh, please people. I had a desire to want to get the approval of my dad and other figures. I looked at, like, my football coaches, uh, uh, think people that were in authority. I was always looking to seek their approval. And uh, my type of person, I'm the type, my personality is the type of personality where I like to, again, give to people and to uh, support people. And, and so as time went on, I went through college, and uh, I went through a drug phase. I started mm-hmm. out smoking weed, and I graduated to powder cocaine. I snorted so much powder cocaine, I thought that the middle part of my nose was going to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got into that, and at some point, I was I got tired of that lifestyle. And when I got tired of the lifestyle, I knew that I needed something better. Mm-hmm. I started going to a Bible study that was on campus of the college that I was going to. Mm-hmm. And... The people that I connected with, uh, they appeared that if they were uh, trying to serve God and that they were wanting to be this great end-time ministry. And me being young, uh, first of all, I wanted to get away from the addiction. And I felt that, hey, man, I can be a part of something greater. I can be a part of something that's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. So that that's what happened. That's right, right at that point was where I said, okay, I need to get out of the lifestyle that I'm in right. and maybe commit to something that's going to improve me and give me a sense of purpose in life. So of this particular um, congregation, what were the tenets? I mean, you know, every, every religion, every faith has um, basic tenets that they follow. Um, what what made this church different from the Baptist church that you grew up in? Well, it was a lot more uh, energized. Uh, the, there was uh, praise and worship. I mean, it was intense. I was experiencing things that I had never experienced before. Uh, when you're stepping out of the traditional churches, sometimes when you get into more charismatic churches, you have people speaking in tongues. You have people prophesying. You have people uh, doing more dynamic things, which are more attractive and and when uh, I saw that to... once, and it scared the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 
it's, it's kind of like one of those things, like a, a certain type of food. Either you like it at the beginning or you don't. Mm-hmm. But and even if you if you don't understand situations like that, as you continue to go around it, you begin become begin to become more familiar with it, mm-hmm. and they explain things to it. And then you uh, either choose to become more of a part of that. Uh, and and they'll give you a purpose. Uh, their their purpose would be, you know, to be pleasing to God, mm-hmm. uh, to not want to go to hell, and to save the world. Okay. And 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 any good person wants to. If you're really wanting to change your life and to please God and to serve God, you're uh, more apt to want to believe and be a part of something that's going to be greater. Was when we come back from the uh, the break. Mm-hmm. When we'll we'll talk about when you started seeing the hypocr the hypocrisies, the red flags, and you know and to use as warnings for our audience. We're talking to Dennis Lyles. Dennis is the author of The Son of Righteousness, a Bad Church Story. We'd like to hear from you if you've had these types of experiences, if you found yourself walking away either from Christianity and said, this is not for me, or if you found yourself being drawn to Islam because of your Christian upbringing, if you have even been what the the dictionary calls a cult, and I'll give you that definition when we come back. Uh, if you've been in one of these, you might be an older person, you might have got caught up in the 60s or early 70s, share your experience and how you got out. Or if you're still in it, 773-591-1690. That is your connection. It is 1018. According to the Tennessean, a cult is a group or movement held together by a shared commitment to a charismatic leader or ideology. It has a belief system that has the answers to all life's questions and offers a special solution to be gained only by following the leader's rule. We're talking about being trapped in religious cults. And I don't think that um, we as a culture, an African-American culture, we don't think we can get caught up in so-called cults. cults. But I remember Jim Jones. I, rem- I think that we're easier because we're always looking to make our lives better. And these are people from wealthy backgrounds and and middle-class backgrounds and poor backgrounds. But I think that we as black people are more susceptible to cults than than any other group. I really do believe that. And we're talking to Dennis Lyles, and Dennis is the author of The Son of Righteousness, A Bad Church Story. So before we went to the break, Dennis, I was asking you, at what point did something click in your head and say something is wrong? What were the red flags? Well, let me just start off with this. Once the leaders of a cult or a controlling church gain your trust, uh, you pretty much believe uh, whatever they're saying is, is true. Uh, I think that a lot of us, and it's not just African Americans, mm-hmm. but a lot of us, uh, I'd hate to say it to sound derogatory. A lot of us are lazy, and we don't like to follow up on the facts as far as what the things that we're trying to become a part of. No, we want and, to be told and not do the yes. scholarly work behind it. That That is correct. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bible even says, you know, his people, God's people perish because of a lack of knowledge, because of their ignorance. 
So a lot of times what we do is we put it off on religious leaders to give us the answers to, for the way, but uh, we don't uh, confirm things. We don't uh, try to think on for ourselves. It's easier for us to relinquish, not everybody, not everybody, right? but it's easier for us to relinquish control for somebody else to lead the way to our salvation or to our, our us being right standing with God. So well once you relinquish that type of the that type of part of your life, your will and and what it is uh, the thought processes that, processes that you should be having and processing yourself, when you give that over to somebody else, then uh, it, it puts them into control. Mm-hmm. Now, when at the point of when I um, changed my thought process was when I seen too many contradictions. Uh, of what they were saying, and some of the things that they were contradicting were really uh, affecting my life, such as uh, the religious leader sleeping with my wife at that time. Oh, my and, God. And as well as uh, having sexual affairs with other women. And the, uh, cults like to use condemnation. See, a cult is not just Jim Jones. A right. Cult uh, could be that one controlling Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic church uh, that says if you don't do it like this, this is going to happen to you. So uh, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of times they use condemnation as mm-hmm. well. So a person can only feel condemned for so much and beat down so much uh, mentally. Uh, people are, were made to believe that, you know, they aren't worthy if you're not following the leader. And because the, they already gained your trust at the beginning, so when they start to twist and they start to change, uh, the mental, spiritual, and in some cases, spiritual and sexual abuse becomes greater. So as a result of that in my life, from what I was seeing, it becomes too great. And I, I was just fed up with it. And I said, well, if uh, I have to suffer the consequences that they say, such as going to hell or not being a right standing with God, so be it, because I could not take the uh, the pressure and the and the cruelty that they were uh, dishing out. See, that that's that's the point that I don't understand. At, at what point, when there's cruelty? I mean, I've watched lots of documentaries where they would beat these children within mm-hmm. an inch of their life, and God always in in in, in the God that I know that I have a relationship has a very special relationship with children but to cut off a child's airwaves to to beat them to to flog them and and justifying of that is it's just way crossing the line and then another one is elderly abuse there are Mm -hmm. women that cannot even pay the i've heard these stories i've seen it for myself you Mm -hmm. can't even pay for your electric or your heating bill in the wintertime, mm-hmm. and you've got to give right. a certain amount of tithe that you don't have? I've never right. understood that. Dennis- well, you know, first, first of all, let me just interrupt. I, I believe in paying tithes. Oh, often, yeah. But it's not, uh, see, a lot of times God is not up there. If you don't pay it, he's going to kill you. See, a lot of times people use fear and intimidation uh, to get, again, what they want out of a person. And, uh, and, and, and people have to learn how to balance. People have to balance. learn how to have discretion themselves. And again, uh, when a religious leader that you're trusting is telling you this is going to happen or that's going to happen, it's almost as if somebody's got a, lo- a loaded gun in front of your face and you believe that. And so the fear and intimidation becomes so great that you do just about anything. I've got so to ask you-, you when we come back from this news yeah. break, I've got to ask you, 
so what some man that didn't even go to theology school tell you you're going to go to hell i i mean it just it just wouldn't work for me it would not and i and what i'm trying to do is understand how some what i see is just a man telling me I'm going to go to hell, and I'd be like, so be it. I've been living in hell in my addiction for all these years. That that doesn't scare me. 773-591-1690. Any question, any comment that you have regarding what we're talking about, which is being trapped in religious cults, you don't have to give names. You don't have to give um, congregations or anything. But have you? I know people that felt like maybe this is a religious cult. And listen, I could say something that you all would be canceling me like nobody's business. But I will say this. There have been some very charismatic um, clergy in this city. And um, I would, going back to the 80s, I called them cults. Sure did. I'm like, you're listening to this fool here? We've been talking to author uh, Dennis Lyles. He is the author of Son of Righteousness, A Bad Church Story. He says, sometimes there's a thin line between following good and following evil. The world is full of lies and deceptions. If you're not careful, you might wake up one day living a lie and not even realize it. This book is about an average guy who found himself in a Christian cult, and by the grace of God, uh, God, he found his way back. Read, uh, if you want to. Again, we're going to tell you how to purchase the book. Um, Read how easy it is to be deceived if you don't know the red flags. And Dennis, again, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, I'm really interested. I've always been, well, especially... In high school, we had to take theology because it was a Catholic girls' school, and we had to mm-hmm. take theology every year. And then when I went to went on to college, um, I started studied theology and the, philosophy, and I was always enamored with um, how people worship and and that sort of thing. And if it's you know, it, it's not really that different, but it's not the church. It's not mm-hmm. the theology of the church. It's those charismatic con men that we're talking about that have a different agenda, sometimes from the church. Yeah. Uh, You get a lot of people who are just narcissists that are in leadership positions. I mean, they like to be in control, and at any cost, it's all about them. Uh, And as far as different religions, the reason that I'm in the – I choose Christianity because I feel and I live a life to where I – well, I'm connected with God and God is leading. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, there's so many religions out there, but again, what I try to uh, instill in people and encourage people to to pursue is a personal relationship That's with God, right. where they are talking to God and God is able to communicate with them as well, uh, to give them the directions and to uh, carry out the, the purpose for which the, they were put on earth to, to carry out. So this is the, this is where I, the message that I try to give, uh, and I try not to uh, judge other faiths. I try not to. I try to encourage people not to get caught up into routines and rituals. And, right. and see, there's a difference between relationship and religion. That's when you're dealing right. with religion, 
you, you're dealing with if you don't do this a certain way, if you don't turn your head a certain way, if you don't do it like this, then you, you, you're you're uh, judged on following some type of rule right. instead of allowing God to uh, work be through your you. Judge. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, I, so, I I like that. That that sounds smart. Yeah. Let's go to Green. Green, you're on WVON. Thanks for your patience. Perry, thank you so much. I'm a pastor as well, and I agree with the brother 100. percent If you get with anybody that's controlling you, be it wife, husband, religion, or politician, you put yourself in a position to be misused. And nobody over six over you know you teach your children not to take candy from strangers, right? And so with common sense, no adult shall be following nobody that says you can't get to heaven unless you bow down and kiss my feet. And I just went that way to make it plain. You know, yeah. you are a adult. You come into a situation. Pastors and preachers and evangelists are storytellers. We expound on the Word of God because we have a gift to gab and tell a good story. But we are not your Lord or your Savior. And if you get us mixed up with Jesus, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I agree totally. Amen. And, I, and I think shame on those pastors who allow uh, their parishioners or followers to even look at them in that light. And uh, that's, you know, that's the ego thing and that's the control thing. And really, that's just straight up devilish. And I, and I totally understand what you're saying. And, and the viewpoint that you're coming with, Pastor, is, is right on. You know, we should not relinquish our will to no one. No mm. one. And, so. and uh, I, just look at it from this perspective. If an abusive man or abusive woman, they're the, they're the same as that pastor that you're talking about or that preacher or that spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. Anytime mm-hmm. you submit yourself, my daughter took her baby to a ad agency, and the guy mm-hmm. who was running the ad said, you have to leave your daughter in here by herself with me because I want to see how she's going to react with me. He said, no way, are you crazy? I'm not leaving my child in a room with a man I don't know. And if you go somewhere and somebody tell you to give up your common sense, you, that should be a signal right there. Mm, that's right. the red flag that you see, Green. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you should never stop using your mother with in any situation if it don't feel right to you or somebody asking you to give them control of your mental faculties. There's something, I mean, both of y'all need help. Okay, <laughs> thank Forgive you. Forgive me. Great, that, call, great call, Green. Thank you. Yes, that's correct. I, I agree totally with him. Uh, you know, there are other things that contribute to a person giving up their will. Uh, that was a little parable or a little story. They tell you, tell me that if you take a frog and throw him in the boiling water, he's going to jump out immediately. But if you take a frog and put him in lukewarm water and gradually turn the, the heat up, you cook him. Gross. So uh, the, the, uh, the uh, techniques of people that are over cults are, are very manipulative. Uh, as I was saying earlier, they gain your trust. They uh, they put you in a in a frame of mind, and and I was pretty young when I was got involved with this. This happened in the 80s. This is not nothing recent. Uh, but so I was you were like in your early twenties. Yes, mid twenties. And yes. you were married, and, uh, and you were married at that time. Uh, well, I got into the church, and then we got married. My my wife at that time, uh, we were kicking it, buddies. We were kicking it hard, you know, doing drugs, and uh, we got came into the church together. Okay. So. 
Yeah. And so and, and so we stayed in there for a while and they pretty much dictated everything that our marriage should be. And uh, again, we relinquished that control because, again, uh, they they did things. The Bible even talks about in, in the last days how people are going to be operating and lying signs and wonders. When people come up to you and they prophesy to you or they tell you what's uh, only you know yourself. I mean, these are like um, spirits or or this some type of divination or something that is drawing people in to trust them. And once you get you trust them, uh, then you don't use your common sense because you take what they say as the truth because, first of all, they're the man of God. Second of all, they've gained your trust, uh, and, and they're the father or the leader figure in your life. And it's like, okay, you, again, it's just like the brother said, you should not relinquish all of your control but you do that and you trust them and so whatever they say pretty much is what it is that's not then you're but part, that's then not you're faith part of an but that's club. not that's not that's not faith though and i think we should Correct. talk a little bit about what faith is but again i told you i was nosy as hell so i just mm-hmm. want to know what they were telling i just want to know what were was this spiritual leader telling you what your marriage should be in case somebody might be going through something like this now. I don't know how an outside force can tell you what your marriage should be. They can, uh, you know, they can counsel you, but they can't right. tell you. I, I'm fascinated. Talk of Chicago. We're talking to Dennis Lyles, and we're talking to you. Um, as we said, being trapped in religious cults. So I'm curious. So um, I don't understand how, unless you're following some kind of tenets, um, a theology or something like that, something that you've read in in the Quran or 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 the Bible, or which other whichever Bible it is, um, I I don't understand. It can be interpreted by a spiritual leader, but they can't tell you what it's supposed to be. So how did that work out for you and your wife, Dennis? And you all were relatively young. What 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 was he telling you how to have a well, to have a successful marriage? Or how the marriage should be? Well, first of all, I'd like to start that off with, you can take any part of the Bible, any verses, and you can twist them around to prove your point or to try to, you know, get uh, something to work your way. Uh, But the premise of uh, a lot of cults, and especially, especially this cult, was, you know, to pretty much to obey those who are over you, to obey those who have rule over you. That's one of the instructions in the Bible. Uh, so again, it's, it's the trust thing. So, if uh, that leader felt that you should be operating your home in a certain way, uh, they would uh, let you know whether it was in, uh, something you know slightly let you know inadvertently, or just tell you this is how you need to do this. You need to raise your kids like this. Uh, this is unacceptable. This is how you need to do your finances. And really, uh, this cult that I was a part of, you know, was a part of my finances. So. Again, it was intrusive. Yes, very, very much. And me at that time, I was very close to the leader. So okay. because I, I was close to the leader, I had uh, special responsibilities and, and certain expectations on a higher level. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there listening right now that are in those type of positions. But uh, again, when you give all your, your trust to somebody, and, and the Bible does say, you know, that we should serve those who are over us, but we have to uh, have a balance as to what, you know, how to behave as far as what's common sense and what, how far our commitment should be towards those leaders. 
But as far as my marriage, it was just a, a, a gradual thing. It was like uh, suggestions. Then, you know, they are telling me uh, how I should be as a husband or if they wanted something done like a special event prepared or they needed extra money or it was almost like they even just got off on controlling like it was a, a drug or just some type of demonic type of a control within their self. But you were easy prey, Dennis, because you have an addictive personality. And you know something that is so true. You, and you it, were it, it, you were right yeah. for the picking. Exactly, and, and I wanted, and I really wanted to change the world because when you're in a cult, cults are exclusive. We're the only one. The, some of the things that you might hear some cults say that we're the latter ministry that's going to bring the coming of God back, but they're the only ones doing that. Right? Uh, they don't interact with other churches. Uh, sometimes they alienate family from other family members. Uh, they use condemnation. So there's so many uh, things that can contribute to uh, a person, uh, you know, wanting to follow. And, and it depends on on the individual. It depends on what makes a person tick or what makes a person respond, what the person's uh, heart intents are. It's so many different factors. Yeah. You know, I know you got some listeners out there right now. They're probably thinking uh, that's for weak-minded people. But in this cult, I mean, we had uh, fire chiefs. We had lawyers. We had educators. We had people in uh, very prominent jobs. But, again, uh, it, whatever their hook was uh, that, that lured them in, whether it was wanting to save the world, whether it was wanting to get right with God, uh those things were attached to giving up the free will to follow somebody because, you know, we trusted those people. Wow. And, 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 and the trust was just so far and too deep. And, uh, and for any listeners out there, you know, they might say, well, Dennis was crazy. Yes, I was crazy. And I take full responsibility for that. But, again, it was the choice that I made based on because I was coming out of the drugs I needed, uh, I was the type of person I needed to be validated uh, because, you know, that those things that I went through as a childhood wanted to be pleasing to those who were over me. And I'm a people pleaser. And again, going to that thing, I wanted to be a part of this world change that only this ministry was going to bring about. And I was honored because I believed the leaders because they uh, convinced me through some lying sign or wonder or something that uh, really just drew my attention into wanting to be actively a part of. And so that, uh, and everybody's different too. So everybody's different. Yeah. And then you got some people that they'll be like, wow, how did you get all that? You know, <laughs> I, I really want you guys to be honest. If you have found mm-hmm. yourself, I mean, not you, Dennis, but everybody that's listening, I need you mm-hmm. to sit back and take, take your inventory of your relationship mm-hmm. with whatever spiritual leader that you have. Um, right. And, and share, I mean, share this. I've got a bank full of calls, but share how you do it. We've got Steve from the Gold Coast on the line, and Steve is a scientist, and his okay. life is based on science for the most part, not to say that he's a heathen, but he, he he's pragmatic. So I'm looking right. forward to hearing from him. Again, our guest is Dennis Lyles, and we'll tell you how to purchase the book if you're interested um, and uh, continue this really interesting conversation. We've been talking to Dennis Lyles, and Dennis, you've been so gracious with your time, and I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, he is the author of The Son of Righteousness, A Bad Church Story, and it's about being trapped in religious cults. And um, and it, it can happen to any of us, just like I, I tell you all the time. Anybody can be 
an addict. I often tell you my first addiction was to food and chocolate that started very young when I was a kid. And then Mm -hmm. I had a cocaine addiction, too, for more than 30 years. I don't know who the hell I thought I was fooling. But uh, it's it's wonderful the life that I'm I'm living now, and I like to share my experiences. And Dennis is is sharing his with um, a Christian church that he later mm-hmm. felt like it was a a cult. I'm going to get to these calls, but first, Dennis, tell us how we can purchase the book. Well, the book is on Amazon, and you can get it on Kindle as well. And I think it's like twelve dollars. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, because I have not checked the price lately. Right. But yeah, it's a it's an easy read. Uh, it's pretty straight to the point on some things because uh, sometimes I think some books can go, beat around the bush, but it's pretty direct. But yeah, if they go on Amazon, they can pull it up and uh, they can order it. And uh, and yeah, that's how you can do it. It's Amazon the, or Kindle. All right, it's the Sun S U N of righteousness. Yes, yes that's yeah, right. The yep. Sun of righteousness. Yeah, a that, bad church. Story. Yeah, yes. that's great. Let's go to Steve from the Gold Coast. Steve, you're on WVON. Okay, let me do this then. Uh, Steve, you're on VON. Hello. Yeah, hi, Steve. Yes, thank you, thank you for taking my call. And I think you raised a really important point because I think sometimes we, we can delude ourselves. We think of a cult as a Jim Jones or a David Koresh. We don't accept the notion that it could be our church, our synagogue, our mosque. Anyone can pervert a religion or a belief system into a cult. And unfortunately, as human beings, we have this natural desire to belong. Right. And we're all, we all recognize our, our mortality and therefore are looking for some answer as to what happens in the next life and somebody who can get us there. And, and this allows for people to exploit us. And unfortunately, many religions don't have a kind of hierarchy where you can actually go and take the take your concerns to someone at the at another level. The Catholic Church has a hierarchy, but if you're you know if you belong to a synagogue or you belong to say a Baptist church, yeah, uh, there is no hierarchy in, in most cases. You, that, your church stands alone. There's no one above your minister. He runs yeah. your church, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately, yeah. this is this is a problem. And, and it's also the case that I, I do find it problematic in, when government. Uh, in in an attempt to help uh, address the issue of addiction, which is linked to this sort of thing, says to people, okay, well, you can keep your job, but we're not going to prosecute you. We've got diversionary programs such as Alcoholics Anonymous. But those programs then demand that you accept a higher power. That's right. I, I, like a lot of people, have a problem with that because we live in a secular society, and I don't think government should be involved in any sort of program that demands that people accept religion of any sort. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just don't think that that should be the case. You you can be an atheist and be uh, an addict, and in order to satisfy the requirements of a of a program which treats you, you should not be forced to accept religion. And uh, that's where I find it problematic. But, but that's, that's what, a bit of a different. Subject. But the twelve step programs they tell you whether your God be you know, a goat, whether your God be a whatever, but you're saying just the fact that you have, there has to be a higher power over you. If you're, if you you're take an atheist, you don't, you don't accept that. You don't accept any supernatural being. If you're an atheist as being, as having control or created the universe. And we should not, we should not mandate. And that's one of the you know, critiques of Alcoholics Anonymous. But again, I don't want to get off topic. So. All right, then you, you're probably a recovering Catholic like me, Steve. 
Well, no. Can, can, uh, recovering, shall we say, Eastern Orthodox Christian, but they're almost the same thing. Oh, okay. I didn't know that you were Eastern Orthodox. I, I didn't know you might be Greek. I have no idea. But thank you, Steve. Well, thank you. All right, then. Let's go to Israel. How you doing, Perry? I'm good, Israel. You. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think they all are coached, Perry, because they ain't the root word of culture. That's their culture. Because all religions, I was told, are wrong. In the Bible, no. In the Bible. I can't hear you. you break Israel, you're breaking up. You can't hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, but you were breaking I up. I said they all coached. If the root road is culture, right? Culture, uh-huh. that's their culture. Mm-hmm. And religion, nowhere in, all religions are wrong, technically. There's nowhere in the Bible that the Creator chose a religion. He chose a group of people. And I find that interesting you say that, because you, you like to quote Scripture a lot. And you know how much I don't like that on the yeah. radio. But you like to quote Scripture. Because we've been misinformed. And, and you see how these false prophets are being revealed. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I just want to thank you for taking my call, and I'm going to keep. I'm using their own words against them. They they skip over certain subjects. We'll talk about it, Perry. Thank you, Perry. All righty then. And we're wrapping up with Dennis Lyles, author of The Son of Righteousness, A Bad Church Story. Let's go to Keith. Keith, thank you for your patience. Go right ahead. Thank you, Perry, for the forum. Um, I just want to give some respect to, 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 to Dennis. I didn't get your last name. Sorry about that. Lyles. Mr. Lyle, Slide Lyles, for the work um, in the study that, that calls out some of the prosperity preachers who want us to sacrifice sometimes to our own peril. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, where I was going to go, but um, I want to say that, that churches don't need defending, but they're not—they're not all bad. And, 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 and I, I just want to be a voice. I think because I don't say anything. Maybe maybe nobody will. They're not all bad. I've been—I was raised Catholic. I was. A mature Protestant. I went to churches from from Chicago down down to Florida, over to Texas, back and now I'm back home. Um, and, uh, and and I appreciate my church has been. I'm getting mixed up in my notes. My church my church has been kind of, has been kind of liberal um, in its thinking and and and, and its leading, uh-huh. and has taught us and has taught us about you know the dangers, the evil of fundamentalism. Uh-huh. You know, taking the word and using it in a way that in some cases, can lead to death. Mm, sounds, so, like so, 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 <laughs> sounds like the Constitution. Sounds like the U.S. Constitution. I wasn't, I wasn't getting, getting into the political religion, but you know. Thank you for hearing me out. All and, right. th- 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 thank you for the word. Good All night. right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's go to Jackson. Hi, Jackson. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. And yourself? I'm good. Good. Uh, my question is, or just a comment, uh, certain... Uh, Religions, uh, you go and uh, you feel they said if you come in, you can't cover your head. Uh, you have to cover your head. Whatever uh, happens to you, come as you are. I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, downing them for that, but if you're just a wayfarer, a person off the street, and you come in to um, worship, and they tell you that you either have to cover your head or you will be asked out. I just don't want to call out the religion. Let me tell you this. So when I was a kid, um, before Vatican II, they, uh, when you went in, if you were a woman, you had to have a veil on your head, something. You know, it didn't have to be covered in your face, but you did have to have 
that something on your head, which I thought was crazy because, you know, your mother would spend hours doing your hair and then you'd have to put the veil on. So after Vatican II, they stopped uh, that. But it still didn't keep me from having faith in in, in my church. I loved growing up Catholic. I, I Listen, I was going to be a nun, Dennis. I, I just knew I was going to grow up to be a nun. And, and really? yeah, I, 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 I just loved everything about um, the church. But then, you know, you get older, and like I said, I had my first theology class, you know, and my life changed. You know, they explained things to us, you know, for like an adult. And, you know, it wasn't all fire and brimstone, and you didn't have to get your ass beat by the nuns every day and all of that sort of thing. So, I mean, I get it. I, I actually get it. And, Miss Jackson, I, I, I get this. One of the reasons why I did like being Catholic is because you can come as you are. You can wear jeans. You can wear, you know, shorts. You can wear, you know, as long as, you know, things weren't falling out. Right. But, you but know. this was not, this was not uh, Catholic. I know. That I'm speaking of, because all of my children went through from grammar school all the way to college, uh, Catholic. Right. So this was—I mean, I had—I'm not Catholic per se, right. but I became that because of my children. But this particular religion I'm speaking of is is uh, Jewish. Oh, okay. All right, all mm-hmm. right. Well, the, yeah, the, yes, Orthodox and, and uh, Jews mm-hmm. and uh, Hasidic Jews. Yes, you're absolutely right. You've got to do that. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on WVON. Go right ahead. Good morning, Terry. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Mike. How you doing? I'm, I'm good. Hey, we, we had two different Catholic experiences, let me tell you. Because uh, the first time I was ever called a nigger was by a priest. Uh, oh. You know, I've, I've never... I've never been religious. You know, let me preface any of my other comments with that. I've never been religious. I've never really understood that that uh, fidelity or that that devotion to anything that that like like that. Uh, um, and, and as I said, you know, now see, I was in the Catholic school in the fifties, and uh, that was my first introduction to uh, overt and blatant racism. Wow! Now, I don't know if that had to do with me. You know, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of the, any of that stuff. And I've never believed in following some man. You know, so I mean, that's as I said, that's just just me. I've been like that forever, and I, I don't understand. Uh, that that type of thing. All know? right, well, all right, Mike. I, I hope that you don't go through fire and brimstone. Don't no, just kidding. You're a good man, uh, and that's all you have to do is live your life spiritually and just follow the golden rule. Do unto others how you would want to be done unto you. Let's go to Akintola. You'll be my last call on this Akintola. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. I'm down in in somewhere in one of these islands. I shouldn't say it like that, but listen, Perry. Religion, organized religion, has been used as an opium, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'll put it to you like this. I'll say it like this. If any man puts his hands to the plow looking back and fit for the kingdom, I can quote the scripture, right? But that doesn't mean I'm going to get in. But I believe that there is a higher power. Uh-huh. And most of these people are believing in things that they don't believe in. For, for example, if, if, a blind, uh, if, if, if the blind put their hands in God, they find their, their 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 way more surely than those who see but have not faith or purpose. Now, guess who said that? Leviticus. 
Helen Keller. Oh, okay. All right, then. Thank you, Helen. So, but anyway, let me just say this, Perry. I believe that there is a source. I believe there's a higher power. My knuckles are so swollen from them nuns wearing me out. Okay? I, I can do Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with you and all that. It don't mean anything. You can go down dirty and come up just as clean. This is serious. Uh-huh. Religion has been used as an opium. And as a, and they as a weapon. Some, believe, some Ripley's believe in it or not. All right. Listen, God- Thank you, Akintola. Dennis, again, you have been a wonderful guest. You've been very gracious with your time. The name of the book is The Son of Righteousness, A Bad yeah. Church Story, and you can get it on Amazon and Kindle. Dennis, it was my pleasure. Well, it's mine, too, as well, and I really appreciate it, and I just want to encourage everybody out there to uh, think for yourself and uh, let it be about your personal one-on-one relationship with God. All right, then. I finally got that after I got clean. I finally got it. It makes all the sense in the world.